0: Hello, my name is Mark Gibson, and you're listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost Series, a weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Very good morning, and uh, you're welcome to the Signpost Programme this morning. We hope you're keeping safe and well, and a reminder that the Signpost Series is brought to you by Chagas Connected in association with Dairy Sustainability Ireland, the National Rural Network, and Food Drink Ireland. And uh, this morning, we're going to be discussing uh, nitrogen and ways that we can reduce nitrogen. And we know that there are ambitious targets set out under the National Climate Action Programme to reduce our reliance on artificial nitrogen. Uh, we continue today showcasing the alternative sources of nitrogen. And I'm delighted to be joined by Donald Patton, who is a research officer in Ballyhays. Good morning, Donal. Morning, Mark. Donal, you're very welcome. And uh, good morning, Porik. How are you today? Thanks, Mark. So, Donald, you're going to be giving us some insights into the work that you're doing in Valley Hayes and more specifically around the, the systems uh, uh, assessment of, of Clover. Um, so uh, Donald, maybe just before we, we get into the, the presentation, you could tell us a little bit about the work that you're you're, you're doing in, in Valley Hayes.
1: Yeah, so look, I suppose I'm a, a research officer, I'm based in, um, based in Valley Hayes um, since 2008. Uh, and I'd be basically over the, the, the research program there. Um, so in 2005, a dairy research program, um, I suppose an extension of the Moorpark um, program mark was, was, was set up in Valley Hayes. Uh, I got involved in, in 2008. Initially when I started, I started kind of as a farm manager uh, and then that changed in 2017. So Barry Riley kind of took on my job and I took on the, the research roles. So it was on my end of it. I'll be dealing with uh, discussion groups coming in, uh, going out to, uh, you know, going out to the groups uh, and then running an the actual research programme. So,
0: so Donald, I'll hand straight over to you and we will chat to you after the presentation.
1: Yeah, that's no problem. Look, just before we start off, I'd like to acknowledge Barry there uh, and Brendan Horn who's great support from Royal Park and uh, obviously the lads to do, do the work on the farm. Um So, look at... I suppose from the the outset, I wanted to just do a quick bit of a background, I haven't been on this before, so just to give people who are maybe not that familiar with Bally Hayes a a very quick run-through in terms of the background and the the overall research programme. Then we'll have a a, a quick introduction to the farm, um, and then I suppose what we spend the bulk of our time talking about is the current trial um, that just started last year so. Yeah, so in terms of the, the programme, as I said there earlier, um, the programme started in 2005. Uh, the reason, I suppose, why it started was that Moor Park, um, where it was, there was a large part of the country or farmers in the country who, to, for certain reasons, I suppose, land quality being the main one, didn't see it that relevant to, to what they were doing themselves. So in that mid 2000s, the decision was made look at we need to have, a, a, you know, a, a research farm somewhere further north. So um, Ballye's was picked, picked as a site, I suppose, because the farm was there. Um, you know, the, the college farm was there and, and we utilised that. So I, I think John Kelly was on last week, so he would have sort of gone through a bit on the education side and that. So the way I kind of explain this to people is we get to, we get to piggyback on the college farm to a certain degree. Um, to run research, to run trials. Um, so it's been going over that period. So you can see the sort of region, the BMW region that we, we service, um, you know, it's 50% of the land, but it's only 25% of the milk. And them figures may have changed a little bit, I would say in the last number of years, because it's quite a bit of expansion actually here in the Midlands. So, you know, percentages may have changed a little bit. But, um, you know, we're in an area that would be less intensively farmed, I suppose, than, than the Southeast. Um you know, on top of that, I would say as well, look at we're, we're representing that region, but I know from over the years dealing with um discussion groups coming in, look at we get groups from Kerry, we get groups from Cork, we get groups from Tipperary, we get groups from all over the country. And, you know, depending on the part of that particular county or the uh, particular farm that people are on. Some people find would, would say that what Valley Hayes is doing is a bit more relevant, or the land type is more relevant to them, even though they're in the south or the southeast. So look at we get people from all around. And we I suppose we've missed that over the last couple of years with COVID. Prior to that, we'd get anywhere from 35 to 40 groups a year. Um, and we'd usually, you know, from July to September, October, we tend to get more groups in the south. So hopefully that'll it has started up with, you know, since restrictions have been lifted, we've had a lot of groups in the last couple of months. So that's that's welcome. Um, look at this, is just a bit of stuff, I suppose, a, a bit of background of the actual, the locality that we're in um, and, you know, this is uh, George Ramsbottom did this in 2015. So look, at, in general, in that area or that part of the country, you know, stocking rates are lower, not as big a push on grazing. I suppose, traditionally, a lot of people in the area would look maybe more towards the Northern Irish system. Uh, would would see grazing maybe as as not, not as relevant. So, look, no, you can see it there in terms of the the, the, the grazing season length and pasture harvest is lower, and that, that as sort of you'd expect that um, translates into lower profitability. So. From the outset when we started, um and, and previous stuff from the national pharmaceutical data would sort of show that as well. That in this in this part of the world, uh, definitely shorter grazing seasons and to a degree it's understandable, you know, um longer winters, a slower growing season, all that sort of stuff. So that's the, the background of where we started off in Baliers. And I suppose the couple of the big questions um look we've done a lot of different things over the over the years, but A couple of big questions in the background all the time and and still those questions are still there is, you know, can we grow? What sort of tonnage of grass can we grow? And then growing it is one thing, but can we get out and utilise it in uh, in the shoulders of the year? Because that was always the challenge. Um, So look, and I suppose, as I said there, the research focus over the years we've done... Generally speaking, the type of stuff we do, it's not um, you know, it's, it's systems type trials because there's myself and barry and the lads working on the farm, but it's not, we wouldn't be doing very detailed stuff like what to be doing in Moor Park. But uh, research systems were basically taking the Moor Park blueprint, if you want to put it that way, and initially we dropped it into County Cavan on and Drumlin type soils and, and followed it through. So Look at the things that we've looked at over the years. Basically, grass growth and utilisation is a big part of that. You know, um, Putting a realistic level on what's possible to grow on that soil type in that area. Um, then, you know, grazing management and wet soils. and We've run actual, actually the previous trial of this. We looked at um, grazing season length and, and, and ways that you can utilise grass in the shoulders on those soil types. So look at, I suppose, there'll come up questions about that later. But um, that's that's been a big part of it calvin patterns and uh, Rail, and i suppose in the background always we've you know profitability was it has a big part of play i didn't mention there at the start but look, we have a steering group um which is a bit unique i suppose that, that that model has has sort of gone through now to johnstone and a few other places but from the very start in valley Hills, there was a steering group set up with representatives of the four local um, milk processors, so actual farmer members from the boards and also uh, industry people, as well as Chagas education, advisory, research people on that that, uh, committee. And they uh, kind of direct us to a certain degree. And from the very outset, that profitability thing was, you know, it was a big thing. Look at the average guy in the region, you're probably talking about, you know, at the time back in 2005 it was probably 30, 30 hectares of platform uh segmented farms and um, and basically the systems that we were looking at from the very start to have to be profitable within those constraints i suppose um the new i suppose and we'll to talk with this in a, a more depth but look at the new trial is looking at establishing clovers on our type of soils and, and reducing environmental impact and um, look at this is just to say that this is the first principles are. or, or Pretty much, everything We've you know we generally run three to four year systems trials. Uh, as I said, all those different things we looked at, calving pattern, stocking rate, you know all those different elements. Essentially, they all come back into this uh, basic model that we're trying to to follow. So you know, calving the cows compactly in spring to utilise the grass uh, as much grass as we can, and look at this this growth rate we have. I suppose where we're, we're different from Moor Park is spring uh, growth is a little bit slower to take off in the autumn it tail is off uh, quite a bit but generally speaking mid-season we rarely suffer from drought so 2018 is the only real year I remember where it was you know a real impact so and I think even at that the lowest we dropped to was 40 kilos whereas farms you know even an hour east of there we're down at 10-15 kilos so it, it's 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 not actually rainfall; it's just the difference in soil type. So, because we've got heavier soils, generally speaking, soil moisture deficit isn't the problem. The, the opposite is usually the issue. So, but basically, you know, everything we've done uh, here today, here before, and even in the new trial, it it it, it ties back into that model. Um, look, just big picture, John might have talked to a bit of this stuff last week in terms of the farm, but this is the whole farm uh, in Valley we where where a cog in the wheel essentially. It's uh, so aware, you know, one enterprise among many. Um, so there's stock Sheep Forestry. Um, so there's a hundred hundred and uh, forty-five hectares, and of that, we're now farming uh, fifty-six hectares of platform and uh, six hectares of, of an outblock. So. Uh, I'm not sure if you can see the course, of, but basically this is the dairy platform here. It's kind of sitting in the middle of the college and then you've got beef and beef to one side and kind of sheep to the other side. Um, just one thing to notice, I suppose, a uh, uh, physical thing on the farm is that, um, you know, we've got a fairly substantial river running through the farm, the Annalee, and um, which does flood at times. So there's parts of our land that is, is prone to flooding, which, you know, causes challenges in certain ways. Um, Generally speaking, it looks lovely and flat on the page, <laughs> it's not flat, you'll see a few pictures in a minute, so look, fairly un- undulating ground, pretty typical of the area, and, you know, um, typical again of Drumlin soils, there's a mix and mash of everything, we've got peat soils, we've got alluvials, we've got alluvial glaze, and then, you know, we've got brown pods, but a, a big mixture in terms of soil type, so some parts of the farm in dry weather perform really well and wet, wet weather perform really badly. But um, in, in general, look at, I would say 70, 80% of it is, is good land for the area, very good land for the area. And then we've got 20, 20 25% more difficult. Um, yeah, in terms of the grass production, look at, the average is 14 tonnes. We've been at it a long time now. So since 2005, we've got some faulty measures a year, every year since 05. So we can put a very good handle on, you know, how much we can grow and how it grows. So, as I said, one of the differences here is, is you know, it's later in spring and we kind of know that we have to, we have to change some things to, to account for that. But 14 tons, so it's not far off the production that, you know, a lot of people are getting uh, 4%. So it's not, that utilizing it might be a bit more difficult, but we can grow good tonnage grass. Um, just in terms of the herd and the herd performance, look at the spring cabin here. This year we're making 120 cows, plans to go to 140. Next year, more land has come into the system. Um, in terms of look at we'd be strong on our percentages uh, in, you know, over the last good number of years, we've been pretty good on the fertility side of it. Uh, you know, our output 470 per cow. It's not there's lots of people in the area doing a lot higher than that. But look at we're not, we wouldn't, here before, we wouldn't have been putting in big levels of concentrate. So look at, I suppose when I started it was, we we're doing 370 kilos of solids. The aim was to get the 450. We get the 450, now the aim is to get to, to 500 on sort of seven six seven hundred kilos a meal. So that's kind of the target. But look, at in terms of the herd, yeah, good levels of um the fat and protein percentages are good. Again, there's people in the area beating us, but we're, we're fairly, pretty much up there. Uh, uh, production, look we'd like to get above that 500 kilos. Yeah, so that's it. So that's just, I suppose, a a quick run through in terms of the farm and the type of work we do. Um, Just, and we spend most of our time on this, uh, the the, the current trail. So as I said, we we have a steering group who who we meet usually once a year, sometimes twice a year dependent, um, but we met them in uh, 2020 we were after doing a trial look at uh, grazing season length and it was pretty obvious that you know and this is well before a thousand euros a ton for fertilizer and um, from an environmental point of view an environmental impact point of view it was pretty clear that we were going to need to do something in terms of clover establishing clover on the farm now um as well a bit of a reluctance maybe possibly on my own part um but kind of thought, Jesus, on our side, type, is it going to work? And that's kind of the question that we set ourselves from uh, the beginning of last year. So just to run through this, I suppose, look, it's a five-year trial, and I'll explain in a few minutes why that's important, that we're going to run it over a, a fairly long period of time. And um, The big idea on this is to try and reduce purchased uh, end surplus, so through both feed and fertiliser, you'll see that in in the the in the... In the the different uh, treatments or different groups. Um, And essentially, you know, initially when we were planning this out, you know, we we sort of said, we're going to do 10% free seeding with clover included in the mix and we're going to do another 10% oversawing. When we met our steering group, our steering group said, no, that's going to take too long. We want to learn about the process quickly. Um, So look at front load it and measure what happens. And that's what we sort of decided to do. So. It's something that's maybe unique enough about the trial is that you know we're actually measuring the messy bit if you want to put it that way that we're looking at you know starting from a standing start with no clover in our swords and we're trying to you know get to 80 well ideally 100% of the area but in reality 70-80% with that good 20-25% clover in the sward. so that's what we're where we're trying to get to. Um, and we're trying to, f- we're going to front load that uh, as you'll see in a few minutes, we have front loaded it in the first couple of years um, and we'll measure what impact that had because that's, that has had fairly stark impacts. Um, the target is to cut the nitrogen surplus by 50% in, in, we'd say from one extreme to the other over the three years so that's a fairly significant target um, and I suppose this is the big thing looking at the clover establishment on our soil type which we never really thought it was going to be an issue and um, the second one there the persistence that's the the, the real big question and it's the fact it's the one farmers throw at me every time we get discussion groups and say "Ah, look at I had clover but you know what two years after it was gone so the persistence of clover and the sward and then I suppose we, we want to look at the impact it has on the animal uh the pasture performance how much grass or pasture we can grow we'll have to stop saying grass um, and feed self-sufficiency so you know can we feed the herd within that so initially when we started up these are our four treatments we had um, basically the stocking rate the same across all of them to one extreme it's look at 1.2 tonne concentrate per cow uh, no um, no effort made to establish clover whatsoever look we keep spreading our nitrogen or 250 kilos of vein that's it uh, we're going to feed 1.2 tonne. So I suppose for the area that's that's higher than we've ever fed, but for the area we're in, and probably nationally, it's pretty much where a lot of guys are at in terms of uh, feed input. Um, so I suppose from that, uh, we're reducing the juice, we can reduce concentrate. So group number two here is um, grass wards, low concentrate, so 600 kilos of concentrate, stocking rate stays the same, nitrogen input stays the same. And then our clover treatment. So this is, now this is where we aim to get to after to, uh, year three. So look at, again, 1.2 tonne of concentrate, uh, trying to get clover in t- into all the farm if we can at a, at a good enough rate to reduce nitrogen down to 100, 125 kilos then, um, and then you can do the two. So I suppose you can look at it a little bit. If I want to reduce end surplus, I can just cut the feed. I can do that tomorrow. Uh, I can keep feeding the cows the same level of concentrate and get clover in. That's a for us three years, probably a commercial farm a lot longer. Um, or I can do both. Um, so I suppose look at this is just a different way of looking at it. Um, but that's sort of showing you that your your nitrogen surplus. So if you're feeding 1.2 tonne of concentrate, um, and 250 kilos of N, it's up on you know it's 325 kilos of N uh, inputs. Uh, and if you take everything back off that, so look at reducing the concentrates a twelve percent reduction, uh, leaving the concentrate the same and uh, incorporating clover and reducing nitrogen thirty eight percent. And if we do both, it's fifty one percent. Now, that um, you know, it's that's 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 the plan. Uh, but this only works if we can get the clover established. And um, if we can get it established and if it persists, I suppose, which, which I said, the big thing. So we know the benefits um, from previous trials in other places, and we wouldn't expect that to be any different than Look no, at If we get it in there, um, we can cut nitrogen out of the system. Uh, we can also um, expect a bit of a bump in cryo-performance, but the big thing is keeping it there, I suppose. So this is just, I suppose, the, the plan that we came up with at the start and pretty much what we've done in year one and two, um, a, a three-year transition to cover Now this, do I have to give a health warning here, this is not advisable at a commercial farm level, and we'll see why in a minute. But um, basically, from from our point of view, was to do it up front and we'll, we'll measure persistence and performance from there on. So look at front loading the receding and overshow in year one and three. So you can see year one and two, so the green is the reseed, the blue is the overthrow, and the, the orange is, you know, in theory the total, if it all works, which it which it won't all work. But um so year one, um, excuse me, year one and two, we did two hundred or twenty-five percent reseeding in year one. And 20%, I think, it was it ended up around with 20% overshown in year one, year two, it's 25% receding and then 15, 20% oversown again. And then by year three, we're back to almost normal levels of 10, 15% of each. So that's kind of it's it's as I said, very high levels of receding in year one and two, one and two. And it's you know, it's had effects obviously what you'd expect, pulling that much area out of the system. So that's just a picture actually from this year and probably in early May so in the period where you'd normally be closing area up for um, for silage we had 25% out for reseeding and we did the the same last year so we actually in in the first half of the year we were heavily stocked and then in the second half we were you know nearly overstocked in the first half of the year and then in the second half of the year when all that ground came back in we were understocked so we ended up taking a, a good bit of silage sort of from July, August on to September, um, but but that's the, the that's the starting point, and that's what we're trying to do. So, as I said, look, we went about the establishment um, two different ways: a uh, full reseeding, uh, and I think it was important from the outset that we we tried to do that uh, the two different options, and you know measure them through and see the success of it over time, you know, over a number of years. So. <clears throat> that's what we wanted to do to try and learn as much as we could about it. Uh, So full received establishment. So this is from 2021, Um, you know, basically we did it in in May and June. So we kind of done it in two separate blocks and to a degree that that was a mistake. We said we wouldn't do that this year and we sprayed everything off in one go and we still ended up doing it in two blocks because of weather, it just it got so wet we just couldn't get it all done. Um, look at the method for the fuller seed is power harrow basically um, and sow into it. Um, and in terms of management after that, look at, got three bags of 10, 10, 20 and so on. Got one bag of O 10, 20 in August. Uh, sprayed with clover max five weeks out and then grazed at um, 1,200 kilos or less after. So basically, that's just a couple of pictures or two, two examples um, that, you know, now we took the approach of zero nitrogen after so on. Um, And I suppose the reason we did that is, again, because of the soil type we're on, we felt persistence is going to be the problem, so we give it the best chance we possibly can. So we did get good establishment last year. How much of that was a year effect, I don't know, because I'd say last year was a perfect year for establishment. We we might do exactly the same thing this year. It might work as well. But look, we got very good establishment on our full reseeds, and The oversaw paddocks then, look, they were all done in May. Initially, when we started out, we intended to cut them for silage and, and, and oversaw into that, but that didn't happen because because we had so much ground closed out for reseeding, we couldn't afford, we, we didn't have surplus to take, so we said, look, we'll, just, we'll, we'll do it after grazing, and that's what we did, so a good type take grazing went in so the, the 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 machine we used was uh the lads you know in the college here have it so we done it in-house it's a rakeman machine it's basically a it broadcast to see and just times that give it a very light run you know you, you wouldn't even know it was done afterwards um again look at chieftain and crusader and we managed them Look, pretty much the same as our as our receipts, apart from the fact that we went in and grazed them at even lower covers. We were grazing them seven eight hundred covers at times to try and encourage the um, the clover plant to come through. So I suppose the the difficulty with this option is that there's an established ryegrass plant there that's been getting nitrogen for the last ten years or five years or whatever, um, and then look, at we went in and we we pulled the nitrogen off it and. Uh, we to give the clover a chance to establish. Now, I'm not sure if that was the right thing to do. We did get good establishment, but we went through two or three rotations of very, very difficult grass management. Uh, grass quality was very poor. So look, there's other people taking a different approach on that and, and, and I'm not sure which is right, but um, it definitely, we definitely got good establishment. So uh, 80, 85% of the area that we were oversold and We did a good chunk of area we we have some clover in it today, or good clover, I would say. In it today. there's there was one paddock that just was a complete failure. And from talking to other people who do it, that's that's not enough. Um definitely last back end when we did it. Look at the clover contents; you can see it here. Um, in comparison to the reseeds, they were quite close together, or, or you know there wasn't as much variation, if you want to put it that way. Whereas on our oversewn, there was more. So this was this one was you know too much clover, it was sixty five percent clover in it. In, in um, that was in autumn last year. And this one was 20, 25%, but quite patchy and you know, not well dispersed. Now, that one we actually done cuts on that yesterday. There's I'd say there's 30, 35% clover in it now. Um, but definitely last year there was you know more variation. So this is a reseed paddock, I suppose, just how it looks today. So that's from uh two weeks ago. Uh, that's a reseed paddock that we did last year, um, been grazed. And look at uh, there's good clover contents in that. There's up on 30, 30, 35 percent. I think was in that when we did, did the cuts. And um, the performance today. And look at this is again the health warning. It's early days. Um, um, you know, but this is the the cl- the the reseeded and oversown swords that we did last year. Um, you know, for twenty twenty two, how it performed year to date twenty twenty two. So our grass reseeds. Sorry, I didn't mention that. That's one thing that we did is we did the same area of reseeding across all the treatments, even our grass-only treatments. Um, And the reason we did that is because we didn't want to end up comparing newly reseeded grass clover swords against older grass swords. So comparing like with like, you know, year to date, our grass reseeds from last year have grown 7.6 tonnes. They've got 150 kilos of uh, chemical N. Our clover reseeds have grown the same with 56 kilos of N. And our clover we have grown the same with sixty kilos of end. So look at, uh, I was a bit pessimistic about this in the past, but looking at it now, I'm becoming more positive, and more and more positive. But the big question is, can we maintain that? If we can maintain that level of performance over a few years, look at from a definitely from an environmental point of view, it's going to have a big impact. But also, obviously, which is even more so this year uh, in terms of the the economics end of it as well. So. Look, at that's just in terms of the clover contents. You know what ha- what has happened, which you kind of would expect. Uh, clover contents was high in October last year, um, dropped back down in, in March. Now, this is the average of the oversown and the average of the reseeds. There's obviously variation in here. So, the poorest of our reseeds is probably down at five or six percent. Um, at, at that stage, um, our oversown paddocks, you know, the poorest was zero, but uh, and that's included in this average. So. Uh, look at I suppose what you would expect to happen. It's it's come back up, but but from that you'd look at it and you'd say, look at the overzone has worked quite well in that. There's as much or slightly more maybe uh, clover in the, in them than there is in the receipt So that's that's something that we want to follow through. And um, you know for for the next couple of years, and probably going forward, talking to people who I knew enough at the clover game, but talking to people who's had along with me. The one I'd say, is going to be the, the the you know it's going to be the thing that's going to be used to keep clover in swords because that's something that we haven't really been doing up until the last couple of years where we'd establish it and the reseed you know would disappear and then we just kind of let it go. But going forward, I think we need to make maybe more of an effort to, to you know if if it's dropped, if the clover content drops, we're going to have to go in and do something about it. So we actually have done that this year, even on some of the ones we did last year. We've gone in and give them a second chance uh, in terms of in terms of over So in terms of the contents, just uh, we're not visually assessing these. These are actual measurements. What we're doing clips on every rotation on every paddock and separating them. So you know the, it's not me saying there's twenty percent or twenty five percent. It's what you know weighed out, It's a proper measurement. And um, and just look at in terms of the system performance last year. Uh, a couple of things from this. Look at um, uh, in terms of the, the the performance per cow was actually quite good. Um, the tonnage of grass grown uh, well back on what you would expect, uh, or our long term average of 14 ton, but. When you look at it over the you know taking out 25 percent of your area for reseeding that would be to be expected and that feeds through i suppose to this figure down at the bottom of silage concern so generally speaking at two and a half cows to the hectare we'll make 85 90 percent of our winter feed at that stocking rest uh, last year it was from 50 to 30 percent depending on, on the treatment so that's why i said at the start this is not it's not recommended um, at, at a commercial farm level, if you're running at a high stocking rate already. So um, if you're a lower stocking rate, that's that's a different issue. And look at just in summary, I don't know how I am on time there, but in, in summary, look at uh, establishing clover, it's a long-term project. Uh, I think, and I've seen cases of this in the last year or so, with the way fertilizer prices are, people have run in um, and tried to do big areas, and look at what we've kind of learned about it is, you need to preferentially manage them, particularly the overgrown swords uh, And if you're trying to do a massive area, that's just not going to happen. So um, I think you view it as a, a longer term project, um, and, and you, know, you do a bit every year and try and preferentially treat them as best you can. Uh, establishment was good in 21, was that a year? In fact, I don't know, um, but we'll find that out. Uh, a three-year program, it's not, it's not realistic at the stamping rates we're talking about, I do know some commercial guys at lower stocking rates, or who have surplus silage, and they want to get there a bit quicker. You know, if you're down the two cows to the hectare or below, uh, to, you know, that's 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 doable. It's doable to do it at, at that rate. But, you know, if you're renting up above that, you know what we say, and you reduce the percentage. So 10% reseeds, 10% oversown is realistic, or maybe you could go a little bit more. Um, as I said, to date, they've performed well and they've grown similar levels of pasture with less in. One point in on that is they do look different. Uh, and for someone who's used to spreading quite a bit of nitrogen over the years, it's hard to get your head around. If you look at them, they look pale and, you know, you're kind of going, geez, they're doing it. They need a little bit of nitrogen. It's a thing, look at, if, 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 you're, if you're new into it, I would say, look at your tonnages to date. If you're measuring grass regularly, look at your tonnages to date. Keep a good record on what nitrogen fertilizer goes out on them, rather than just looking at the color. If you look at the color, um, you know eight out of ten plants will go with fertilizer on them. I would say so. Maintaining the the, the color and the soil is going to be the challenge in our our soil type, but there is big potential there to reduce inputs if we can manage to do that. So that's me.
0: Thanks very much Donald. that was a really good practical overview of what's what's happening up in in um, Valley Hayes. Um so we've lots of questions coming through there and we'll get to those in a moment uh, but do keep your questions coming using the Q&A tab at the bottom of the screen there. Uh Donal um you spoke a lot about the um obviously the, the the various challenges you've had with with Clover. What would you say would be the single Biggest challenge that you you've had there in in sustaining the the clover.
1: The single single biggest challenge, Mark, from what we did and as I, as I said, I'm not sure if the way we did it was the right way, but the single biggest challenge we saw was with our oversewn swards was grass quality. So, and it was really interesting because we had full re-seeds, you know, and on one part of the farm and another part of the farm we had oversewn swards, and then we had within that block we had. Swards that were just you know there were established grass, but we didn't uh, put clover into them, and they were getting nitrogen as normal. So we could see sort of week on week, day on day, we could see the the, the the variation across them. The reseeds always looked well, like even when we pulled the nitrogen, they did look pale, um, but they always looked well, grazed well, and the cows were happy on them. The the the, the clover reseeds, the the oversewn swards, and the way we did it. Um, they definitely did not look well. They didn't graze well, and the cows were unsettled on them. And the only way we could get round that, that was to go in at very low cover. So at times uh, we were going in at, as I said, eight hundred cover. Because if we let go to thousand twelve, those parts of the pasture was just unutilizable. So um, and the challenge, and I suppose this is the thing about doing systems research as opposed to just trialing something on one individual paddock within the constraints of, of that system we had 25 percent of our area out for reseed so we couldn't afford to take surplus off that area so by the time we got to um august um there was a portion of the farm there was 20 percent of those clover treatments that grass quality was very very poor on so that to me that's the biggest challenge and i would say i would say 95 percent of commercial farmers in that situation would have put nitrogen on And I wouldn't blame them because, you know, it definitely would have had an impact.
0: Related to to all of this, of course, is the the Nitrates Directive. And um, that, you know, has been recently revised. Uh, What what do you see as the the impacts there in in that part of the country with the new Nitrates Regulation, uh, particularly around... Well, sure, look,
1: talking to guys, Mark, and it's, it's, it wouldn't be fully my, my area, but talking to commercial guys coming in, you know, there's individual uh, people there who are gonna be pretty um, pretty heavily impacted if they're up on the, the high bracket, so very high milk yields, um, and are heavily stopped. And there is, look at the, the, the average guy, it's not gonna have a huge impact because the stocking rates are low and the yields aren't particularly high. You know, I don't know, the average for the area is probably five, 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 six liters, something like that. But there's a portion, I don't know the percentage, but there could be 10% of guys who basically they're going to have to drop, possibly drop their numbers uh, or get more land into the systems. That's the biggest one that I would see. Um, Also, you know, the reduction, if there's reduction coming in in chemical N. we've been used to that level of nitrogen. We've developed a system that's profitable and that's relatively simple and it's easy to run. And that's, that's why people, and people have taken that on over the years, and it's worked really well for them. So it's like everything else, I'd be the same myself, it's hard to change sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you take this Clover thing on, I, to be honest, I'd have been a bit pessimistic about it. I'm more optimistic now than I would have been. But um, it's just a big change. When you're used to running that system, it's it's a big change. Like, so
0: suppose that is one of the rationales for the Signpost programme is to support farmers in that transition to to uh, a lower carbon uh, systems, uh, including include, including reduced energy.
1: I would say on that, Mark, that the, I would see it even among, the, among farmers, you know, do a good bit of work with groups and stuff. The attitude towards it has definitely changed. There's more and more of the early adopters and lots of people, you know, of all in all the different systems who are saying, look, we'll, we'll give it a go. And you know, what's the the worst that can happen? Um, whereas maybe five, six years ago was kind of as though it's not really for me. I do see that there's a sea change like in people's attitude, and there's a lot of people that are willing to. And we have, you know, we have a few monitor farmers that were linked with people within the signpost program as well. That were, and people are doing different things, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think people are trying different approaches, and that's
2: that can only be good.
0: Mm -hmm. I could I can't help but ask the question I mean there's a very significant river there going through the the college there's actually
2: a comment there Mark from the EPA believe it or not saying well done belly haze because downstream from the farm shows that the water quality is very good the status is is good so that's obviously a positive yeah because I was actually looking
0: at the water maps while you were talking there Donald and just I was seeing green uh, all over the place there so you're obviously doing something right there to reduce any nutrient surpluses uh yeah
1: i I, I honestly think though on that and i've chatted to donald kennedy our house advisor on this and john as well like really the slurry management mark is the is the thing there and it's something we've improved on in the last while with with uh, investment in infrastructure and stuff and uh, slurry storage you know there's lots of people in the area where it comes to the first of february and tanks are full and sometimes they're going out from it and i think that's you know that's a that's an issue and um, it's definitely an issue that we've improved on and i think it's an issue a lot of a lot of farmers have invested big money into it to try and improve because from two point of view from the water quality point of view but the way we're looking at it as well is the way we can utilize our slurry now compared to 10 15 years ago is much improved we're able to actually look at we'll wait for a month <laughs> we'll wait till the first of march we'll wait till the 10th of march and we'll go to where we where it needs it rather than we need to get tanks emptied. So uh, valuable, I think that's a big thing. A valuable resource. Yeah, and farmers are investing heavily in that, and I think that's to be commended. That, that Horrick, leads into one of the you.
2: main questions um, that's coming in is around your soil fertility and how is the soil fertility on the farm and have you noticed any impact of strike rates, I guess, whether over-sowing or whether reseeding dependent on, on soil fertility? Well, look at
1: power as is, is a problem and it's not a problem but it is a problem in a way And the Chagas farms. We've inherited farms with very good soil fertility. Um, you know, soil fertility in Ballyeays, peas and K's have always been Quite good peas in particular were always very good. Uh, K's, K's. it's a place where we where we mucked up a little bit in the early years because we changed our grazing system. And I've seen it happen on commercial farms too. We've changed our grazing system from you know we we'll grazed two and a half thousand covers and going on top it to we we'll skip that and we we'll take it out as surplus bales. And definitely in the early years, K, we, we were having trouble with K, and then we weren't utilising the slurry properly. So, in general, I didn't put it on it there, but I suppose I should have had it on it. The soil fertility, Everton is 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 you know, I'd say ninety percent of the That's area is good for Everton. The one thing is the lime, and we're guilty of it too. Farmers, it happens on farms, and it happens within Chagas, but particularly on our soil type as well. The lime is something that. We need to be at every year. There was a couple of years there where we missed, you know, or yeah. just didn't yeah. do it. Uh, and now I'm not saying we had five point sixes, but we had we had lots of our area at the beginning of last year down at maybe six point one. You know that needed a bit, like so we went out. We done a lot of lime in last year, and that and you pinched over, like yeah, exactly pinched over big time. So now uh, even this year, the area that we received it this year, um, it was fine for lime, but we were doing that. You know, we we, we spread it off. We put a ton of lime on it.
2: Just you, know. you mentioned there, Donald, going in at the covers of a thousand that you grass that wasn't utilized. What did you do with that grass that wasn't utilized? Just when it's topper or
1: well, the fact we went in with uh, with low at low covers, it, it reduced it as much. We didn't end up doing much topping. It kind of it when the clover kicked in and you know you could see it starting to green. And this is this is my big point about the year effect part, right? the fact that. Last back end really suited our farm because if it had been a back end like 2017, God knows what it would have been like. But the yeah. fact it was so dry, it actually it actually suited our soil type. So, and um, we might have tapped a couple of paddocks that were really bad. It wasn't that we went round all the area that was oversold and tapped it at that stage. And then the other thing is when we got our reseeded area back in we had scope to take some of them out as sort yeah. surplus later on. The, the, the pale
2: colour that you mentioned, you mentioned it a couple of times, and there's lots of questions in here about it. Did you see a pinch in the tank afterwards when cows would have grazed that? You know, we like letting cows in a nice lush green grass.
1: Yeah, no, that. no, not really, no. And um, But I suppose the thing is that people have asked that thing on the yield end of it, or because, uh, and maybe I didn't do a great job of explaining that, our clover treatments, power like started off, last year with no clover in them okay okay so it was really september before those cows were actually grazing clover swords now this year there's 40 percent of the area so every second paddock or there or thereabouts could have clover or some level of clover in it and um, so it's only probably now we're going to see that impact Um the one thing i suppose barry would have said to me he felt he he had issues maybe or felt that on some of those clover paddocks he was having he felt they were getting it hard to graze, or c- cows were a little bit unsettled on it now. Whether that's that they're just not used to eating uh, swords with a good bit of clover in them, I don't know. But no, didn't see it. It's just a visual thing when you look at it. Yeah, it,
2: yeah. Even group.
1: Fish, yeah. yeah, we had the group in there last week, and we were standing back up at one side of the farm. We were looking across, and there was two paddocks that was receded last year. One a grass only, one a grass clover. We looked across and like. The one with the grass-only one was lovely green. Or what we perceive in our head as lovely green sward. The other one looked pale. You'd think from a distance looking at it, it was mid-rotation. So when we, we walked through them, there was 13 or 14 under cover on both of them. Um, right, you know, yeah. And it have you yeah, taken it's, any it's, samples it's,
2: and looked at the nitrogen in the, in the actual content of the crop?
1: No, we haven't done
2: that yet, no. Yeah. no. Um, look, there's a good lots of positive comments coming in but there's, there's one question here and we have to ask the hard ones as well why yeah. aren't batty Hayes any looking at clover now or, or what was the well there? i suppose
1: look at that's one we get part yeah absolutely that's one we get um initially when we started off the thing was utilizing you know growing grass and utilizing grass and actually the last trial we did to a degree is probably the first trial we should have done where we actually looked at uh, an extended grazing treatment versus uh, an average. So average for the region is two or five days, which is basically you turn the cows out around about the 20th of March and they come back in the 20th of October. Um, and it's interesting when you look at so we, we did that, we actually did that and we compared it then to turning the cows out, you know, as the calves on the 10th to 15th of February and keeping them out till the 10th of November. So we're limited as I always say in, in this type of stuff, we're 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 kind of limited to uh, focusing on one thing at a time. Uh, yeah. Now we did try to establish a bit of clover, you know, even as part of that trial. But to be honest with you, and I think it's similar enough to farmer experience, we weren't focused on it, and we, were, we weren't managing it any differently. We just stuck it; it's in the bag, and we put in the clover. We didn't actually manage it. So, look, I take that as a, I I'd take the criticism on the chain. We are a bit late to the party, but. Later
2: than ever. But at least you came to the party. That's number <laughs> one. Otherwise, <in the> <laughs> stay in the party. I don't know. And that's, that's the next question. Stay in there. Persistence, persistence of clover. Are, are we right in saying one of the questions here is my understanding that persistence is better when it's oversown? And if that is the case, what's the best method that you've come across of oversowing? Uh,
1: persistence is better when it's oversown. Um, no, I wouldn't be saying that at all. Well, I don't know yet. But um, looking at it, from the outset, I'd say that the reseed is a better uh, method of establishment. The problem with the reseed is, look, you can't you can't do what we did. You can't take twenty five percent of your area out and reseed it unless you're available very lowly So, if you can only reseed ten percent a year, and you only you're only using reseed and not sown by the time you get round, it'll be like the Golden Gate Bridge. But the time you get to one end, it's time to go back. To the other, there'll be nothing in it. So. Where we see the overzone is, Parag, is a way of topping up. And then we haven't done this yet because, well, we sorry, we did two paddocks this year of a top-up, but um, that's where we would see the overzone. But we also wanted to try it as a way of accelerating the process. So the overzone for us at the start is look at, we'll do our 20% percent reseeding. Or if somebody was starting at commercial farm level and they were doing their 10% reseeding, instead of just doing 10%, look, we'll try and over another 10% as well. It's, it's 20% a year. So four or five years down the road, you should be getting to a point where you've you've at least tried on a good portion of your area. But persistence is going to be and we're way too early, we're way too early to answer that one on our side type and te- because look at the reality is. The grazing conditions for us like you know what i said there but the extended grazing versus average the basic difference in in, in that trial extended versus average was on and off grazing so we'll generally turn the cows out in 10th 15th of february and we'll be on off grazing in paddy's day pretty much just just we just don't leave them out because they're going to do too much harm um unless it's really really good weather and then the same on the back end there will be you know 15 20 days where you're on off grazing at different periods of time so the grazing conditions look, I'd be up and down to my park run a fairly regular, or have been over the years, and maybe not so much the last couple of years. But I've, I've gone out at, at periods of time in February and I've looked mm. at what, what the grazing conditions is like there versus us. And it's in yeah. that period of time, it's different. So that's where I would be a bit afraid of our clover swords because they're definitely more open, they look more open, and you'd be worried about them now. We Grazed them this year, ones that were established last year, and it didn't. We did some bits of damage, and it didn't seem to do a big pile of harm. But if you're doing that consistently over maybe five or six years, will it have an impact? I don't know. Look at 10 years ago, people in cabin were saying if you do that, the grass wards they'll, they'll disappear, and, and they didn't. So, yeah, it's a mindset. That's a big question.
2: From a management or from a cow management perspective, you're, you're going from paddocks that have high density of clover 20 percent to some that have none how are you yeah. managing that or what's the attitude of farm staff even letting cows out in high clover swars like that there's always a risk of bloat and you always hear the story of yeah
1: um look at the, the, the bloat is bloat is an issue and again i'll probably say oh we've no problems and tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow we'll <laughs> have a cow bloat like so we're early enough on it, we're only at the point i suppose now park from now on where clover contents is getting up and again i'm been directed by the people who have more experience in this than me who sort of saying, look, it was below 30%, 35%, it shouldn't be an issue. Uh, But sometimes it is like for particular reasons. And exactly what you said there, it's it's a particular risk for ourselves because we are going from, and we will be doing that this year and probably next year as well. Um, So basically last year, from a preventative point of view, what we did was, anywhere where there was a lot of clover, we, we were probably a month earlier with our strip wire. So generally speaking, it's kind of the mid, mid-September, you know, when the covers are yeah. getting really heavy, where we go in on our 12 hour wire. Um, whereas on our clover treatments, not on, on the paddocks in the clover treatments, but there was a lot of clover, we were probably in a month earlier with our strip wire. That's what we did. Now this year, we've uh, we've bought a couple of the dispensers for Bloat Island from now on. And I, I was sort of saying to Barry, we probably should just because we've got four different groups of cows going around so we probably we're just going to we've different colored collars We're just with the clover groups even if there's no clover in the paddock we'll leave the dispensers in and just keep moving
2: it around with the groups of cows. and you so haven't done anything like putting out straw or anything like that just increase no, not,
1: not yet now whether we have to do that later on in the year you know people are sort of telling me that maybe it's later on sort of September, October, um, you know, when maybe you get over that uh, peak of farm cover covers are getting a bit lighter and you get into a west, wet weather, uh, The the blow tide maybe cows not drinking as much and all that sort of stuff. So look Donald, we have
0: a few, a few, a few com- sorry, uh, Donald, just a, a few comments coming through there around the slurry, uh, comments that you made there about the importance of good slurry storage and, uh, a lot of expert comments uh agreeing with what you said there that having good storage is critical to improving water quality and um uh, that the timely spreading of, of slurry uh that, that 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 is 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 coming from our, our just, acp program
1: just one on that mark as well which i think can be overlooked a little bit um the contractors have a difficult job like mm. you know yeah. and that's it it'd be a good experience for some people to put in a day or two with a contractor at that time of year because everybody wants to get slurry out and yeah. um, you know it, it has to be dry you know for two or three days or whatever they have a workload ahead of them so it's a difficult task for contractors to, to, to do all that manage it correctly you know what I mean it's a there's a lot of slurry has to go out and sometimes the windows of opportunity are quite yeah. small so having for the farmer to have the extra storage it means instead of bringing the contractor and saying i need you here in the next two hours you can say look yeah. it, get to me in the next two weeks like
0: that, that is a challenging time for contractors uh yeah any any window good weather uh the phone is hopping uh, Yeah, I, i've seen that um just in terms of the costings, uh, uh, Donald, uh, what were the costs of oversowing and how did they compare to saving in nitrogen use? Or is it too early uh, to say that at this stage?
1: It's too uh, it's it's too early because we don't know those savings that we've got if they're going to persist through. Look, in general, and um, we we did the oversowing actually in house. So, but talking to farmers, I know last year, depending on the process used, that you know some people are doing it for. 30 euros an acre some people are paying 60 euros an acre and um, that's just for the contracting charge some people are doing like what you were saying earlier on uh, the spreader but also having 30 and they're doing it for nothing some people are putting it to slurry tankers and doing it for nothing so in the the, the oversold one mark the cost isn't prohibitive mm. it's the management after and that's what i sort of saw last year is that i could absolutely see where you know, if you did what we did (laughs) after two or three rounds, you'd either throw your hat at it or whatever, and the trower just wouldn't get a chance. The, The cost of the overtone to me isn't it's, it's in comparison to the cost of some things we, we do it's it's small. Now reseeding is a different prospect like reseeding mm, yeah. look at you're into what was the old figure 250 an acre I don't know what I didn't even work it out this year what it is but when you count the fertilizer and contractor God knows it could be double that or close to so um, the the receding and then you don't have that area in. So there's there's pluses and minuses, but I don't think the cost is prohibitive. Uh, from the if we can get the zone to work, I don't think the cost is the big issue.
0: I think that the work that they've done in Salahed has you know has really been proven. That work, work has been around for a long, long time. Just to address some of those questions that people are asking about uh, that the 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 stage at which we're at adopting clover and ballyhays mm. might be a little bit later, but certainly solar heads that that work has been ongoing for many many years and the the costings have have really stacked up there um i I think in fact they're operating a zero nitrogen uh study at the moment there as well which is is showing very positive results
2: yeah and getting 15 tons by doing it
0: indeed yeah And, and that's i suppose for us
1: that's the big challenge is that we could do all this um and we could end up growing 10 ton or 11 ton or 12 ton, and then you have to go back to the drawing board. The, the big question is, can now, as I said, it looks positive this year from this, but we're only halfway through year one of those swords. It's what they'll be like, as the lad said there in year three, four, and five. Have you looked at multi-species? Um no, we're
2: going to be late to that party as well. <laughs> Look, as long as you're the invitation. We're okay. always late,
1: we're always last.
2: There's, there's a lot of a lot of questions obviously there's farmers tuning in this morning which is great because there are, are genuine questions about cost savings and what you reckon you've saved this year and uh, you know obviously on the road to saving that is when you stop spreading nitrogen from the bag at what yeah. stage of the year do you stop spreading nitrogen on the clover spores
1: yeah we we'll look at again there's a bit of debate around this one but the approach we took was we we treated them as normal poric up until kind of from time maybe one or two of them got got a bit of fertiliser in, in April, but pretty much they got the first round as normal, either slurry or urea, uh, which for us this year was late, it was the first week of March, just weather conditions in February, you couldn't get out uh, and it wouldn't have been sensible to go out. Um, so it, it got its its first round and then it got its second round, which probably ended up instead of Paddy's day, it was late March because we were late with the first round. And after that, then, so that picture I put up with the cows grazing, like, that sward hasn't got nitrogen since early April.
2: No. At all? No. Even dairy washings or anything? Uh,
1: some of them might have got bits of uh, washings and slurry. That one hasn't got any, though. no. And have you? are you still spreading compounds then? on them? Uh, we haven't uh, this year yet, but um, we're limited enough on the amount of P we can put out power, because sure, most of the swards are the 3s and 4s, so What we're sort of going to do is just go with myriad at at a low level because I'm told that's a big risk from the The blowpipe. So, you know, 10, 15 units or whatever of K, and we might we'll do that this month and maybe again in in um, September.
0: Okay. Okay. We, we are just up on time, Donal, and um, huge, huge uh, level of positive comments coming through from, from people uh, in terms of your your presentation. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's really just a taster of what's uh, available for next uh, next Wednesday uh, at the Open Day in Valley Hayes. So uh, a reminder to everybody that that event t- starts at 10 o'clock. Uh, people would want to be arriving between 10 and 11 or so. Donal, is, is, yeah, that, is that sort of the pass? window? Yeah. Um and uh that's taking place in Bally Hayes Agricultural College and full details are available on the Chagas website and the the, the overall team is future-proofing Irish daring so uh definitely an event to to get along to uh just to find out what's what's going on the latest in in Bally Hayes. Um and uh just uh, to let you know that next week we're going to be joined by Thomas Ryan who's senior sustainability manager with Glanbia and he'll be discussing the Glanbia's uh, Ireland's Living Proof Sustainability Strategy that's uh, that's next Friday, uh, so it just remains me for me to say thanks uh, very much to everybody for joining us this morning. Thank you to uh, Yvonne Maher in the background who's been helping with the technical side this morning. Porik, thanks very much for helping with the the questions, and also thanks to uh, Andy Boland and Pat Murphy for uh, the coordination side. And Donald, last but not least, thanks again for your presentation and your your practical tips there at the end as well. It's really really uh, that that type of practical uh, knowledge that you have is really really uh, invaluable until next week thanks for everybody and we will uh, chat to you soon you've been listening to the podcast version of the chagisk signpost series the weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in irish farming don't forget to join us live every friday morning for our latest webinar for more visit chagisk.ie and you can also rate review And subscribe to the Signpost series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Mark Gibson, and thanks for listening.